But let's, uh, in the meantime, let's get into the Word together, shall we? And let's uh, get our Bibles out. I hope you've got your Bible with you right there. Let's lift it up as our custom is around here. Wave our Bibles, make Jesus glad and the devil mad. And let's say this together. Say, Heavenly Father, I've tuned in tonight because I'm hungry for more of God. And I cannot know God apart from His Word. So I believe I've received tonight a revealing of the Word of God that will help me know Him and His ways better. Lead me to victory upon victory in Jesus' name. You know God wants you to have victory. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, if you would. And we'll get right into it, starting with verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and they all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And they did all eat the same spiritual meat and they did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Skip down to verse 13. There is no temptation. Remember that word temptation means test or trial as well as temptation to sin. There's no temptation, test, or trial taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above what you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. And so tonight I have a message entitled uh, the Red Sea Revelation. Red Sea Revelation. You know, we all have our quote unquote Red Seas. What am I talking about? Well, a seemingly immovable obstacle, a seemingly impossible circumstance, a uh, great pressure at the brink of the Red Sea. And, uh, you know, what will you do? What will you do when you're faced with something that's seemingly immovable, seemingly impossible to solve? What will you do? How will you respond? And the Bible says not to be ignorant about some things. And so I've got five facts concerning what happens to you when you come up against your Red Sea. And uh, we need to not be ignorant. You know what we say around here all the time, ignorance can be total, uh, ignorance can be partial, or it can be ignorance. In other words, we used to know certain things and then we forget them under the pressure of the moment. We don't utilize what we, used, what, that we previously knew. And this is really what happened to, to Israel on a constant basis. They knew the miracles that God did to get them out of Egypt uh, into the promised land. They're on their way to the promised land. You know, what's it talking about, this cloud and all of that? It's talking about the Red Sea. It's talking about the cloud is the pillar of fire by night and the cloud by day. So um, they forgot these things, even though they had this wonderful presence of God in the camp with them. They were always getting up against uh, challenges that they, where they would doubt. Let's not, let's not be ignorant of these things. So five things, and, and you might go ahead and turn back to Exodus 14 because we'll be looking at Exodus 14 uh, back and forth here. Uh, fact number one that you never want to forget, don't be ignorant 
the presence of God does not leave you at the Red Sea. <laughs> I mean, in other words, God didn't lead you to the, he did, he might've led you to it, but he will lead you through it. I mean, you know, he's not going to leave you there unless you stay there yourself. Uh, you know, he was in you know, Exodus 13, it says that he led them again by a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He led them to the Red Sea. And then when Moses finally stretched out his rod and it parted, he led them through it. So, uh, you know, and, and during that time, there was, you know, when they first got there, uh, you know, the armies of, of, uh, of Pharaoh were chasing them. And when they got to the brink of this pressure, uh, then that, that cloud moved behind them, that pillar of fire all night long. It separated the armies of, of Pharaoh from the people of Israel. And all night long, it was light and comfort. In Exodus 14, let's look at it. Let's get in front of us. It says here in Exodus 14, verse 19, the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And who does, who does uh, 1 Corinthians say that was? It was Christ. It was Jesus in his pre-incarnate form. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. So all night long while they were on the brink of the Red Sea, that pillar of fire was light and comfort to Israel. But on the other side of it, where, the, where it was with Pharaoh and his army, it was, it was, it was fear and, and, and uh, terrible foreboding. I mean, it was dread and torment and confusion to the enemy. They couldn't stand the presence of God. And so uh, don't forget these things. Let's hold them dear to us. You know, uh, you've got the presence of God. He never leaves you in a lurch. He's right there with you. All right, the second thing that we need to think about, I've got five things. Everybody say five things now. So uh, I know it's Wednesday night, and I know I don't want to keep you all at, all evening, but these things you've probably heard before. And if you haven't heard them, well, you know, take some quick notes. And, and of course, this message will be on our website later. You can go back and retrieve these things. The second thing is when we get to the brink of the Red Sea, when we get to the brink of the trouble, we discover what's inside us. I mean, there's either provocation or praise. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 106, 7, that Israel provoked uh, God at the Red Sea. Why? Because when they got to the Red Sea and they saw the armies behind them, they were weeping and they were crying. And they said, Moses, why did you leave us here? And then even Moses got down on his face and wept before God. Oh, God, what are you going to do? You know, and that just made God mad. It, unbelief always angers God. And uh, so they provoked him. See, what's going to be in your, what, what's going to be your initial? Are you going to be, uh, you know, blaming God for the problem? Or are you going to be praising him for the victory? Are you going to be praising him for the answer? Because he's got a way of escape for you. That's what it says. If you keep reading through these verses and get to verse 13, he says, look, there's no Red Sea that's come your way that God hasn't made a way of escape. And sometimes that way of escape is a real uh, weird one. <laughs> In their case, they went through on dry ground through the depths of the sea. So provocation or praise, fear or faith, how are you going to respond to your Red Sea? And uh, is it going to be sweet when you find out on, on the inside, you know, when you put pressure on people? You know, if you put pressure on an orange, orange juice comes out. If you get a real good orange, I got a good orange here not long ago, and it was really sweet. I got one the other day that wasn't very good. I just threw it away. It was sour. 
you know. I didn't feel like sweetening with sugar. But we know what lemons do. When you squeeze a lemon, it's going to be sour. And if you want to make lemonade, you've got to put a bunch of sugar in there. You, know? <laughs> you find out what people are made of when they get under pressure. And uh, what, what, do you, what are you made of? See, it's a good question to ask yourself. Because, listen, in life we're going to come up to not just one Red Sea, but we're going to come up against things that we uh, are going to have to go to God to help us with. All right. So then, number three... We have to press into God's presence at the Red Sea. So where do I get that? Where is that? Well, in, in verse 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says that they were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. In the cloud was the glory. They all had the glory around them. And they were baptized. They were made one with their deliverer. In this case, Moses stood as a type of Christ. We need to press into God when we see trouble. Especially the bigger the trouble, the closer we need to get to God. We need to press into him. Don't blame him. Don't question him. Just get near him. And when I'm talking about getting near to him, I'm talking about getting near to his word. Find out what the word says about your situation. So he said, it says he was baptized unto Moses in the cloud, that is in the glory, and in the sea. In other words, in the trouble. The sea was the trouble. And they got baptized into him. See, the word, that stands for the word and the spirit. You're going to have to get into the word. You're going to have to get full of the Holy Ghost. That's, that's when you get baptized. I know you've already been baptized in water. You've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. This is a situation where you just... You just put on the Lord Jesus Christ and no, make no provision for your flesh. Your flesh wants to get upset. Your flesh wants to blame, blame, blame. Your, your flesh wants to find out why. Quit worrying about why. You're facing something, and God has the answer for you. That's the, all you need to know. You don't have to worry about why. Quit worrying about why and just move into his presence. And so <clears throat> when they did that in Exodus 14, let's turn back there. Then the dukes of, of uh, Exodus 14, sorry, verse 15. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. <laughs> that they go forward. See, they got, when they pressed into his presence, they heard what his instructions were. And, uh, and so that's when you find out what the way of escape was. The way of escape was right through the Red Sea. And, of course, it had to be parted. It had to be parted for them to go into there. And they did that. Everybody say, he's got a way of escape for me, no matter how terrible it looks. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right. Uh, number four, we have to use our kingdom authority at the Red Sea. See, what did Moses do? What did God tell Moses to do? He said, quit crying to me. Stand up on your feet and stretch out your rod and command the waters to part. <laughs> well, you know what? We've got the rod of the name of Jesus. Every knee must bow. I mean, we have, we have legal authority. Amen. To use the name of Jesus. In that name is all the word of God. I mean, there's so, so much power in the name of Jesus. And so you're going to have to use your kingdom authority uh, at the Red Sea. You're, you're, going to have to, you're going to have to do some commanding. You're going to have to do some rebuking. 
<laughs> Amen. Command the hindrance to remove. Rebuke. Psalm 106.9 says, he rebuked the Red Sea and it, and, it, and it parted. In fact, let's look at it and get the right word. I don't think I got quite the right. Uh, I don't think I quoted it perfectly here, so I want to get it right. Psalm 106.9, it says that uh, he rebuked the Red Sea also and it was dried up. I mean, you could say, devil, dry up and blow away. <laughs> you know, Jesus rebuked the uh, fever off of Peter's mother, uh, mother-in-law, and it left her, left her. Peter's mother left her. So rebuke, see? Learn how to rebuke problems. Learn how to rebuke infirmity. Learn how to rebuke pain. And, and, uh, and command hindrances to go in Jesus' name. See, you have to use See, Moses had to rise up and use his authority that God gave him, that rod. And we have the rod of the name of Jesus. And finally, the last one is we've got to go ahead and pass through the Red Sea. I mean, don't stay there. Don't camp out. Don't live there. Pass on over. They did spend one night there. You know, it took a whole night for the wind to blow, for that Red Sea to part. It didn't part just instantly. It took a while for it to to work and move, and then the next morning they went down in there and they escaped. And when the and you know the story when you read Exodus 14, when when uh, the uh, armies of Pharaoh, Pharaoh and his armies went down in there to follow them, and the sea closed back up. When they got on the other side, he just stretched out his rod again, and the sea came down and drowned all of the army of, of uh, Pharaoh. Right, let's look at Exodus 14, 4. God told him what was going to happen from the beginning. He said, he said look, Pharaoh's not going to let you go, I, but I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will follow after them, and I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his host, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord, and they did so. So in other words, when the Red Sea closed in and destroyed Pharaoh and his army, God got honor. When you get victory over any enemy that has confronted you, any infirmity, any, any lack, any, any kind of circumstance that you're standing against uh, the devil over and you get the victory, God gets honor. He gets honor every time it happens. That's why he's so invested in our victory. He, he loves you so much. He wants you to have the victory, but he gets all the honor. Give him all the praise for the victory. It's all him. It's his authority. It's his power. Amen. But it's your rod. It's your mouth. See, use your mouth. You're going to have to use it to pass through the Red Sea. God gets honor on the devil, and the devil gets shame and judgment. Hallelujah. Now, let's look at uh, uh, verse 31 here in... Uh, in Exodus 14. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. See, that's what happens when we get the victory. That's what happens. I mean, the fear of the Lord starts to, to grow. People begin to revere God. They begin to reverence him. The fear of the Lord is not being afraid of God. It's about reverencing him. It's about being awestruck at him. There's such a lack of the fear of the Lord in the, in the church, and it's because the church has precious little victory anymore. Listen, these are the principles that'll bring you victory. It'll bring God honor when the devil gets visited upon. And I'm telling you, it causes people that observe your testimony, they start to revere God 
And they start to listen to you because it gives you a, a certain amount of credibility. Now when you talk, people start listening. And that's the whole point. Amen. So this Red Sea revelation will conduct you over that hindrance on dry ground. Amen. You not even get mud on your shoes. Come on, lift your hands right now. The Red Sea revelation. <laughs> told you it was going to be short, but it's, you know, there's a lot of meat in here. You're going to have to go back and look at it. I challenge you, you know, if, you're, if you've got a situation in your life right now that require it and it's your tent, you know, you know better than to say, oh, this is impossible. And I know you know better if you hang around here very long, you know better than not say that. But, you know, still people do come into situations that are serious. And I'm not saying make light of it. I'm saying the opposite. I'm saying don't be ignorant of what happens when you get to the brink of the Red Sea because it will part. Amen. You've got to do something and God will do his part. Praise God. Hallelujah. I trust it blessed you tonight. I trust it helped you. Let's just lift a hand. Father, we believe we received the word and we give place for the word of God. Lord, we're going to check up on ourselves and see where we are and see if we've been uh, full of lemon juice or we've been full of orange juice. <laughs> and when we get under pressure, what's coming out? <laughs> there ought to be praise coming out because we ought to know that God is in uh, right there with us. We're baptized unto him and into him right at the, at the trouble, and he's got a way of escape for us. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God.